This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Is it a smoking gun, a straw that breaks the camel's back, or just another bit of noise that voters will ignore? I am speaking, of course, of the latest allegations of tainted nominations in the PC party. The Liberals this morning released an audio tape which they say shows Doug Ford's involvement in peddling bogus party memberships to bolster the nomination of Etobicoke Centre PC candidate Kinga Surma. Those memberships would be considered bogus ostensibly because people were told they wouldn't have to pay for them and that's against party rules. There's also an allegation that Ford intimidated Surma's nomination rival. Anyway, have a listen to the tape. The audio is hard to make out. Okay, well, if you couldn't hear that, Ford said, yeah, it doesn't cost anything. We're just signing people up today. That's it. According to party rules, as we said, people must pay for their own memberships. And according to the transcript, Ford also said, you don't have to fill that out. She'll take your name and number. Just sign it. And that also would be against party rules. Now, the thing is... uh, you just heard in Chris's news, Ford pooped. He said, "Look, it was two years ago. It was already gone to arbitration. Uh, it passed muster." But this comes on top of several high-profile nomination problems in the party. So I want to hear from you about whether this changes your view in things, especially now the the NDP has really uh, neck and neck moved right up there with the Conservatives, if it's changed your mind about anything, if it's even a factor for you, or if you, plain, don't really care. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Right now, we are going to hear from Conservative strategist John Capobianco and NDP commentator Tom Parkin. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi, Libby. Hi. Let's start with you, John. What do you make of this? Uh, well, you know, we're, we're less than, uh, we're about two weeks away from, 
from the election. Uh, I think the liberals uh, certainly know where they stand in, in uh, the current uh, polls, and um, and you know a sign of desperation. I think uh, I think the liberals ought to be spending more time trying to convince uh, Ontarians why they should uh, salvage them and their campaign uh, versus trying to find the things that happened in nomination meetings, uh, you know, two years ago um, that uh, that have been dealt with. So you know, is it a distraction? Yes. Um, but I would say to you, though, that, you know, Doug has made it pretty clear that as the leader, uh, he's come in, he's focused on five key areas that he wants to to make sure that when he becomes premier, he's going to uh, to uh, to put in place to make Ontario better and to make people, uh, you know, feel better about themselves and certainly about this province. And I think that's where his focus is going to be, Libby. Yeah, but do you think it's going to, this will have any traction with voters? Well, no, I, I, you know what, I don't think so. I think a lot of folks know that, you know, this was this was two years ago. Doug was uh, was helping a friend, as he often does, uh, and uh, he's often asked to help out friends and, and candidates, not only in Etobicoke, but across uh, the city of Toronto in, in many cases. Uh, and, uh, you know, we were, the party was actually lucky to have two strong candidates in Pina Martino and in Kinga Sherma for that nomination process. Uh, Kinga won, uh, and she's uh, been working very hard as a candidate over the last uh, couple of years uh, to um, to make herself known in, in the riding. So, you know, I think people will see it, but they're going to say, look, this is all internal party machinations. The Liberals certainly have uh, have their own issues to deal with on nominations and, uh, and should be careful about throwing stones. Um, but nomination processes are, are, you know, typically very, very tough, very hard-fought battles. Um, but they really are internal party machinations, and I think people need to focus on and will be focusing on who of the three candidates uh, is going to be the best, you know, leader to, to lead this province out of the mess that it's in now. Uh, Tom, how do you view this, and do you think that the NDP can capitalize on this? Well, of course, because it plays into exactly what Andrew Horvath has been saying for months now, which is we can't can't keep settling between bad and worse. We've had liberal scandal, uh, billions of dollars wasted on power plants that never got built, backroom deals where subways got put where, you know, without approval and more money uh, spent uh, than previous plans. We had uh, the Pickering nuclear generating station that for the sake, seems though, for the sake of a by-election was extended for four years, uh, even though the the government's own long-term energy plan said uh, its life cycle was over. You know, this is this is what the Liberals did for years, and now, you know, we, the Conservatives are are the same. And you know, we don't have to settle between bad and worse. And that's been Andrea's entire message. She's saying, "Listen, we, let's try and do something different that doesn't cut health care, that talks about pharmacare, that 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 makes sure that every kid can get to the dentist. These are basic things in our society that we're not doing because we have all this mess." Doug Ford is not going to lead us out of this mess. He's going to lead us into more mess. And so many people are frustrated, and they're looking for this choice now. And Andrew's speaking to it. So it's just going to help, you know, and create the further momentum to really, you know, reset the system, Libby. Well, just re, you know, the, the liberals have to go back to the repair shop, and we just can't let... Doug Ford get in. Well, you know, it, it, it's interesting. And in, in terms of the Liberals, <laughs> I just, you know, we have been bending over backwards trying to get Liberals to talk to us. It's impossible, but they're spending a lot of energy digging up dirt, which is great because it, it helps us out as, as journalists, you know. <laughs> uh, so thanks for the assist there. But I, I find it odd. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine how this is going to help the Liberals. I mean, I can see how it might help 
the NDP. But yep. uh, uh, John, what do you think about that? Well, well that's exactly it, Libby. I think you know when when you are you know uh, from the start of the campaign to to now with two weeks left, and of course campaigns matter, and two weeks is a long time in, in election campaigns. So never to never to say anything other than the fact that it's still not over. Um, but you know the liberals need, really needed to focus on on uh, on shoring up their support and and making sure that you know that their message and and that their you know 15 years of of liberal rule or or in the case of Premier Wynne's or the last four years of her of her rule uh, why you know they Ontarians you know need to believe that she should be reelected and they should be focusing on that instead uh, as you've seen over the last you know couple of weeks all they've been doing is trying to find dirt on on candidates both the NDP and 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 on the conservative side uh, and it just reinforces I think to voters that you know that they they are admitting that they're in third place and they're not going to win so the only way they can uh, in any way try to bolster support uh, in their mind is by disparaging other parties and and dealing with it not so much from a policy perspective like I think the fact that that you know Kathleen Wynne uh, and others were the ones that, that sort of you know presented the NDP uh, with their $1.4 billion error, I think is fair game. That's a policy issue. It was legitimate. Um, but when you start John, talking I, about... I don't know if you were listening yesterday, uh, but the, 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 the really, I, I found it, find this amusing. It's, it's not really that funny, but um, on, on Wednesday evening, I, I was out with uh, someone who works for the government who basically said that the reason that, that uh, the Liberals were able to jump on that mistake so quickly was because it was their error. It came from either their <laughs> estimates or the budget, and they knew it was completely wrong. Right. Well, and, and, and there you go, Libby. But I think I think those kinds of discussions are, are probably much more worthy, uh, you know, uh, in, in some cases, because it deals with policy versus, you know, trying to dig up, you know, what happened in a nomination meeting uh, two years ago, uh, when in fact, you know, we all know the, the storied uh, history of the Liberals and their nomination processes, uh, where in fact, you know, folks have actually been been charged, and, and in one case, uh, you know, uh, uh, sent to uh, sent to jail. Uh, based on on those kinds of oh, no not on the nominations but per se but on other issues so listen I think it'd be you know if I was a, I would say the Liberals focus on trying to convince Ontario voters why they should reelect them versus why not to uh, you know why, why throwing mud at other parties to be honest with you uh, Tom uh, you know uh, Patrick Brown has tried to clear his name he just came out um, in op-ed pieces and basically said Doug Ford is blaming this all on me but. But uh, I was shocked at at uh, the shenanigans that went on in nomination meetings, and it was because uh, now so many people want to represent the party. And uh, he's saying he thinks elec- Elections Canada should get involved. So uh, do you see this as a PC problem, or do you see this as a problem that, you know, can happen with any party? I don't honestly believe it can happen to any party. It happens to a political party uh, when certain people allow it, when people allow it. Um, these stories do eventually get it. You know, Libby, I, I do a lot of you know radio panels with yeah. John and other people. And last fall, last fall I was hearing stories in the green rooms uh, where, you know, people chat before they get on the show about strange lists and all this stuff. This stuff floats around. So, you know, the, the kind of hubris on, 
on the part of the PC party to think that they could just engage in this kind of flagrant abuse, what seems to be flagrant abuse of democratic principles, and that, you know, <laughs> that nobody's going to catch on, and this is never going to come back on them. But somehow they're just, you know, going to coast into power, and nobody's going to question these things. I, you know, this doesn't work that way, guys. I mean, I think we should actually make sure that people don't feel so cynical that this is normal. This is not normal. Well, and I would say, Libby, I would say this to, 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 my, to my good friend Tom, who, um, who, you know, and I hear his uh, frustration, and I get it. But, you know, I, I think that and Tom knows above all, because he's a political operative as well, right? Nomination meetings are the messy part of democracy. Um, but, you know, it's, it's incumbent upon, you know, leaders when they come in, as, as it was shown with Vic Fideli when he was the interim leader, when he decided that he was going to uh, fix a lot of the errors that was, uh, that was part of the previous administration. And then Doug when he came, became the leader, uh, one of the first things he did was he overturned writing associations. We've got processes in place in the party, uh, and in our case, it's the, you know, the, the provincial nominating committee that reviews these things and have been fairly diligent in, in recommending writings that they feel there's enough evidence to overturn uh, situations, and they've done so, and they've done so with, uh, with, without any you know, regard to public optics because they needed to make sure that the things were clean. So there are opportunities, and there have been opportunities where parties have, uh, and certainly you know, leader Doug Ford has been able to say, look, if there's a mess out there, I'm cleaning it and I'm going to do it because, you know what, if it was done in the previous administration, we're going to fix it up and we're going to make sure that we move forward. So they don't take uh, it for granted. Okay. None of them do. Okay. Uh, I want to get to the phones. I just, and uh, uh, Tom and John, please hang on. I just want to clarify one thing. Yes, uh, uh, Doug has gotten rid of some candidates uh, before the deadline, but there's one very controversial one and it's after the deadline, so nobody would run for the PCs. That guy is still there. Uh, but um, let's start to hear from our audience. We've got Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi. Honestly, you know what? The pundits, after listening to them continually, it gets kind of tiresome over time. But saying that, what what's happened today is minor league. You know, you've got uh, the, the the hard drives that were erased by the Liberal government. Let's face it, that started at the very top. Kathleen Wynne's right-hand man back in the day, Levin, is in jail for pedophilia. Um, you've got the scandal, up the bribery that went on up in Sudbury. If this is the best they can dig up on Doug Ford, I'm, I, if I could vote for him twice, I'd do it. Okay, that would be another big problem there, Bill, so don't do it. <laughs> Thanks for your call. Let's go to Gail in Mississauga. Hi, Gail. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How I'm, are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm 77 years old, and you know, I have never, ever... In all the years that I've been voting, have I seen anything as vicious as this election? Uh Kathleen Wynne should just back out and just take her losses and walk away instead of digging up dirt on everybody else. She's only making herself look worse the way she's carrying on. Uh Uh-huh. And And so uh, what are you going to do? Can I you don't tell know us? what I'm going to do, and my friends don't even know what we're going to do, but we won't be voting for Kathleen Wynne, that's for sure. Okay, and uh, let me ask you this. I know there are a lot of people who are undecided with all of this, and the question, of course, is uh, will the people who are undecided actually get out and vote? Are you committed to going and voting? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay. Even if I have to throw my vote off to the Green Party, I will do that. Okay. Okay. Okay, Uh, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Sharon in Hamilton. Hi, Sharon. Hello, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. I think uh, Andrea Horvath would would make a good good leader for for Canada because she's trying to do the best changes 
that she can. Mm-hmm. So... And I... I'm... I'm... I wouldn't vote for Doug Forbes or Kathleen Wynn because of the way they're they're arguing back and forth and back and forth. That doesn't solve anything. Okay, Sharon. Um, thanks for that. I'm glad you're going to get out to vote. Thank you for that. Yes, I am going to get out to vote. Okay, Margaret in Kitchener. Hello, Margaret. Hello, how are you today? Fine, how are you? Okay, I know you're busy, so I won't take up much time. I am going to the polling station, and I'm going to decline my vote, because everybody is full of baloney. Okay, well, um, how is that going to solve anything? I don't know, but it won't solve anything, because I sure as heck don't know who to vote for. Uh Uh-huh. And so why are you even going? If you don't know who to vote for. Oh, because you have to go to show that you showed up for your vote. Well, uh, yeah, but if you, I'm, I'm not sure what the point is if you if you go and don't vote. But um, well, you know, it'll show that I showed up and declined the vote. Okay, but is there anything that anyone can do to make you actually uh, cast your vote? No, they can stop talking against each other and make some sense for a change. I'm, my, my brain is so running around, I don't know what it's thinking. Okay. Um, uh, I hear you, Margaret. Thanks for that. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, uh, we are going to get to more of your calls, but I'm going to take it back uh, to Tom and John. So uh, what do you think is going on with the undecided and with people who are uh, just basically fed up with this? It, it is a nasty campaign, Tom. I, I think there's a lot of people who, again, are, they, they, they feel like they have to settle between bad and worse. And, you know, this is Canada. We don't have to do that. They, they feel that, you know, you put the Liberals in, they cut health care. And you put the Conservatives in, and they cut health care. And you go back, you know, put the Liberals back in, and they cut health care more. So when is this going to stop? And, you know, some of your listeners may remember I, someone I think is a great person, a great Canadian, Tommy Douglas. You know, he came along with some basic ideas about how to do things differently. And everybody said, we can't do that. Oh, that's radical. But, and now we all say, hey, universal public health care... Thank goodness we have it. So we just need to make the next steps now. We have, need to add things like pharmacare because people, there was, a, there was a survey, it was very disturbing, from the nurses' union uh, four weeks ago about, that said that people are literally dying and almost 100,000 people are sick and suffering because they do not take the medicines that they are prescribed. It, we we know that. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's one in ten. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying that, um, and I'll throw it over to John now, uh, where, uh, yes, I know the NDP is saying that, that uh, they're different and, and better in all of this, but, but how do you address the undecided and people who just say, you know, this is so nasty and vicious, I'm out of here? You, you just keep being yourself and, and going forward in a positive way and offering people a positive alternative, and, and the polls are showing that you know, people who were with the PCs are switching to Horvath. People who are in the undecided are switching to Horvath. People who were liberals and are disappointed with Wynn are switching to Horvath. That's why the liberals and the conservatives are both going down. Well, uh, John, what do you have to say to that? 
I will have to say is the fact that, that Tom has to go back to Tommy Douglas to actually state somebody who he could uh, he could reference as a as a as a, an unbelievable NDPer says it all. Uh, you know, he, he of course skips over Bob Ray and his uh, tenure as uh, as premier of of the NDP of this province as NDPer and, and the fact that we were almost bankrupt at the time. But you know, look, and I think that's why um, uh, Libby that, that that people are are disgruntled. And you know what, voters always get it right. Um, I've been involved in a number of elections, uh, and voters always get it right. They uh, they uh, feel frustrated at times, uh, uh, rightly so, based on how campaigns go and how people uh, conduct themselves and leaders conduct themselves. I think what you're seeing here is, um, you know, Doug Ford, who I can speak with, uh, speak about with some uh, some level of authority, uh, and knowing him well, and that is he's focusing on the issues and he's trying to deal with and trying to talk to the people directly. They're going to throw mud at him. He knew from the very beginning when he was getting into this that they were going to do that, and you know, to no surprise, they're doing it. But he's staying focused. He's not getting off kilter. And he's sticking to the five points that he wants to be able to do, which is deals with health care, taxes, and bringing some level of respect back to taxpayers. Uh, with the NDP, the challenge is, is that for the last number of years, Andrew Horvath, uh, who is a very decent person, um, but her party have done nothing to show Ontarians um, what they can do uh, uh, better if they were leading, being premier. And I think this campaign is showing that, yeah, some of them might be shifting over there, but there's a lot of trepidation uh, in, in you know, casting a ballot for, for an NDP government in this province, especially because it is in a tenuous position. We need somebody that has strong fiscal focus on us so we can get out of being a have-not province. Okay, I'm going to try to get a few more calls in. Uh, Jerry in Burlington. Hi, Jerry. Yes, Hello. Yeah, for me, it's definitely, I'm decided it's uh, Ford. Um, if people think that Horwath is better than Wynn, they have another thing coming, because um, Horwath is a socialist, and if Kathleen Wynn put us in so much debt, then Horwath will be a lot worse. I agree that we should um, look at all the leaders and what they can do for me. I believe that Doug Ford really means well. I am uh, uh, amazed that when Doug Ford is being attacked, that Kathleen Wynne knows that he's going to close, I don't know how many hospitals, fire, I don't know how many nurses, fire, I don't know how many teachers. How do they know it? Well, with the win record, we know what happened. We know how many billions of dollars were wasted. So when people are talking about against win, they are talking about facts. What happened? But what do they know about what Ford is going to do? Well, they're they're uh, they're projecting based on their numbers, which we know we can't trust. Anyway, yeah. thank you, Jerry. Well, uh, let's go to Joseph in Etobicoke. Sorry, I'm rushing through here because we've got to go in a minute. Hi, Joseph. Yes. Hi. Um, uh, what's uh, uh, Ford's? Uh, he's avoided the questions um, regarding the latest uh, revelations of him and. Uh, that King uh, King uh, Surma uh, buying boats and uh, convincing people to uh, sign up without paying, etc. And uh, earlier on, a couple of days ago, he said that uh, if any of this corruption or irregularities come to my knowledge, they're gone. And he used that uh, he uh, made that example of uh, Brampton East. He said that he's gone. And if anyone 
else comes to that uh, in the forefront or comes to my knowledge, they're gone. So uh, how long, uh, when is he going to go with uh, this uh, surma? Um, well, it looks like he isn't. <laughs> Thank you very much, Joseph. Uh, yeah, Joseph uh, uh, saying that uh, he should get rid of Surma based on that. Uh, and he was saying that the party looked at that nomination and declared it kosher. Um, that's all the time we have for this uh, segment. So I would like to thank John Capobianco and Tom Parkin and to the people whose calls we could not get to. Uh, we're going to be talking about this very soon, um, <laughs> as probably as soon as tomorrow. Um, we have uh, We uh, are going to be talking about the election a lot. There's less than two weeks to go. Right now, we are going to take a quick break, and we are going to return, switching gears, uh, talking about your health, very important issues with our trusted contributors from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.